This is exactly right. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. Ah, uh, you're catching me just moments after, you know, setting up some sort of new device, audio device, computer things going on. So I'm at my most relaxed. Uh, I'm, you know, just feeling easygoing and my heart rate is low. Uh, and uh, I hope you're in a similarly peaceful place. And so you can enjoy this podcast because I think you're going to have a great time with today's guest, who is just fantastic. It's Connor Ratliff. Connor, welcome to I Said No Gifts. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so I'm so glad to be here. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well, you know, on balance in these trying times. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm holding it together. I feel like the last few weeks have been eventful for you. They've certainly, they've been eventful for me. They've also been very eventful in the world at large. It feels like a very fraught time. Yes. Strange uh, days. Very, very strange years. Yes. Uh, and not, not ideal. Uh, no, no, but... not ideal. <laughs> I think uh, that's so, uh, that's such a perfect way of putting it. Not ideal. <laughs> not my perfect, uh, not, things are not going exactly to my plan. Uh, and I don't think the same for anyone else, but I do feel like, look, for you, yes, you're meeting Tom Hanks. You're going, I believe, on a cruise. You're doing, uh, you know, you're, you're having a, at least yes. an isolated, enjoyable time. I, I, I've been doing, doing rather well, uh, personally in the past couple of weeks, but even that is somewhat overwhelming. You know, I've, uh, right. you know, it's. My my natural state is is a little more relaxed, and when too many things are happening, uh, even if they're good things, it's it's uh, it can be an overloading of the of the senses. The system can only handle so much. Yeah. Well, let's start. Uh, I feel like you uh, were recently on a cruise. Yes, I was a, a performer on the Joko cruise, which is Jonathan Colton's uh, music and comedy nerd cruise. Right, and that what you just said is. Maybe one percent more than what I know about this cruise. I I knew that there was some nerd element. I know Jonathan Colton, and there was comedy, but I don't. I still can't quite zero in on what this what happens on this cruise. It's like Comic Con. It's a little bit, yeah. It's sort of like a. It's like a corner of Comic Con. It, it, it's even. I, I joined the cruise midway through because uh, by helicopter. Because, no, I, I I flew to Saint Croix. And boarded boarded the ship in the Virgin Islands uh, <laughs> because I was finishing. I, I couldn't do the full week because I had to finish putting together the Tom Hanks episode of my podcast. So it, right. it, it was it was happening at the most hectic possible time. Oh. So 
it was very disorienting to join a cruise midway through that, especially a cruise that has its own sort of culture that, <laughs> right. that it, it's been going for years and I've known about it and I've been eager to be a, a part of it in some way. But it was the kind of thing where you, you know, you go to get breakfast and there'll be like a bunch of people dressed in costumes you don't understand. And they will just be singing songs from Rocky Horror uh <laughs> together in part of the and then you you know there was there were themed days where there was a day when everyone on the ship would say happy birthday to everyone else so oh you would just God. walk down and the the like the ship's crew would be like happy birthday and they were everybody on the boat was playing along with it so i'm i i found it delightful while not fully understanding every aspect of it there are a lot of inside jokes that have developed for people who've been going on this cruise for years Right. And it felt both welcoming and and alien uh, because I didn't even do the full week. I did a half a week on on a on a cruise experience. And I've never been on a boat that big. So even if it had just been a regular cruise, I think I would have been a little (laughs) bit disoriented. But I did find that I liked being on a boat. I, I wasn't sure whether I would have sea legs or whether I would be. I had no seasickness at all. I liked the feeling of being on a thing that was on the ocean. No, do you get seasick in any situation, nauseous in any situation? Not particularly. I mean, I guess, you know, I I don't know that I would handle roller coasters very well if I was doing those on a regular basis at this point. But I I don't, uh, I I get dizzy every now and then, but I I, I don't have a a problem with, uh, you know, seasickness on land, certainly. Right. I feel like uh, I have kind of aged into nausea. I feel like, is there, is there like, are your inner ear canals like deteriorating and so you're easily made more nauseous? I don't understand because it's hard for me to go on, for example, a ro- like a roller coaster at this point. I'm not a doctor, so this is just a guess, but I, well, it makes total sense that over time, just what happens to us is that anything that could go wrong starts to go wrong, potentially. <laughs> I know that for me, very serious roller coasters. I didn't like them when I was a kid, and I had a pre—I had a brief window where I enjoyed them. Right. And then the last time I was on a what I would say is a serious roller coaster, the type that's really trying to impress you with how it's thrilling it is, I had a fear that I was going to die. <gasps> like it just when I got off, <laughs> I said I, I will never go on a roller coaster like that again because I had this mortal feeling. While I was on it, and I thought, well, that's not fun. Which roller coaster was this? I think it was something called the Tizer Twister. I don't know if it <laughs> exists anymore. It was it was in England, and it was sponsored by a, an energy drink that I think was called <laughs> Tizer. I think I'm remembering the name right. And it was just too ferocious. I just thought this is a near death experience viscerally, and I, I rather than feeling relieved at the end of it, like oh, we you know cheated death. I felt terrible because I, I felt like, well, it's a preview of the inevitable. Like I will feel like this in some, some form point. or another eventually. I don't need to I don't need to train for it. I'll just wait until it happens and I'll feel bad <laughs> then. Yeah, I guess that makes sense when you're young and death seems more like a fantasy. It's like a fun thing to toy with. But then as uh, mortality creeps in, it now just feels like a, a sample. And I get some people might really like that. They might it maybe it, maybe it's a really smart thing to sort of like numb yourself to the terror of it. But I, I just didn't care for it. Well, and to be fair to uh, 
roller coasters. The one you rode on seems like it was part of some sort of marketing ploy or, <laughs> you know, thrown up by, you know, Red no, Bull it was, or what have you. It was real stable. Like, it wasn't like a county fair type <laughs> thing where you really thought they hadn't. Like, it was it was built to last. It was a very sturdy looking thing. So it wasn't it wasn't like I was worried about the craftsmanship. I felt like they knew what they were doing. I just didn't like the feeling that like it, it, it really felt like, well, if not now, eventually, like that was the feeling. <laughs> was uh, it in a theme park or where was this? I think it was in it was in like a, a some sort of amusement park in England. Okay. I can't remember where it was exactly. Well, do you like to go to an amusement park? Roller coasters aside. I love it. I actually went to uh, Disney World right after the cruise just because. <laughs> <laughs> the people that I was on the cruise with were uh, one of them was a recently uh, a former. He became a former employee of the Disney Corporation and he had a few free passes. So he thought, you know what? We've just done a cruise for a week. Uh, we were very the cruise was very covid safe. Right. But it's still we are in that era of calculated risk taking. Yeah, of course. Where you're trying to be safe, but also it's like you're trying to live life. And we thought, you know, we're getting off the ship in Fort Lauderdale. Let's just rent a car, mask up, and go to the go to the Disney theme parks for a day and a half for free. <laughs> and uh, on his severance passes, <laughs> it was fun. I like wandering around the theme parks. Uh, it's it was a little scary because the mask ratio in Florida is not ideal. Oh, I can only imagine. But, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be getting down there anytime soon. So we felt like we needed to, needed to seize the moment with our free passes. Yeah, a free ticket to Disney World. That's a $10,000 value. You can't yeah, we, pass we, that we, up. We, we had to do it. We had to do it. So uh, you went to Disney World for a day and a half. You've been on a cruise. You are just currently stumbling through my nightmare of life. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a difficult vacation for me. It certainly is disorienting to have basically two years of almost total isolation <laughs> and inactivity with a few brief respites from it every now and then and to suddenly go just whole hog into uh, what seems like a, a, a checklist of dangerous behaviors. But we were as safe. We were. I, I came back. We all tested negative um, immediately right. upon coming back. We we. We did the smart version of things that are not considered wise to do. Right. But at this point, it's like if you're vaccinated, you just do what you can do. Yeah. And, and you know, to be careful. We, we weren't social. We, it's hard to socially distance in a theme park because mm, you, know, right. you get into the ride and you're you know, strapped in. You can't ask. <laughs> can you please can you please keep people six feet away from me on this ride? <laughs> but it also felt like we were all masked up and then, you know. Most of the rides, you wait for an hour, and then you the ride lasts three minutes. Right, and a lot of those rides are outdoors. Yeah, the wind's blasting past your face. Sure, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 again, I'm no doctor. I'm no scientist. I don't know. <laughs> uh, what did you do on the cruise? I mean, you performed. You ate breakfast. Did a, yeah, did a couple of shows. Um, Watched some shows, like went to other other performer shows. A lot of it was sort of, you know, walking around, looking at the ocean. I'd never, you know, I've had a couple of experiences over the past few weeks that are things that you don't think about because you see them so often in culture or you think about them. You know, just being on a boat where you can't see land. 
<laughs> I've never had that experience before. And, you know, I'm 46 years old and it's something that I've seen in countless movies. I've thought about it in countless, you know, books or stories. Uh, yeah, there are songs about it, but I've never experienced it. I've always been uh, land. I've either been on land or so far above land that it is irrelevant uh, <laughs> or, or land has been in sight, you know, and, and there's something about being out on the ocean, looking out and just seeing the, just the horizon that is uh, terrifying. It's also relaxing. It's awe-inspiring and it's, you know, I don't know whether I'll experience it again or will this be the only time that I do it, but I'm glad that I got to have that feeling. It seems like you're hooked into cruise culture at this point. Yeah, I mean, it might just be nonstop cruises for me from now on. This, <laughs> you know, the, 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 right now I might just be on a break from my next cruise. <laughs> yeah, you just don't know it yet yeah. until you're on that cruise kind of at the karaoke night or. Yeah, I mean, part of it also is even just having a having my own room on a boat and it wasn't as small a room as i thought it would be it had a little balcony oh lovely out on the balcony and you know that's the other thing you know i i don't like traveling unless it's for work um and then i feel like i'm getting away with something because i'm not the type to just be like i want to spend a big chunk of my money to just <laughs> be somewhere else in part because whenever, whenever I am traveling somewhere and I'm in a hotel, part of the time I kind of feel like, well, the hotel's been paid for. I should just take a nap in the hotel, right? <laughs> Which if I was paying to go somewhere else, I think I would have the thought of like, I could have just taken this nap in my apartment, which I'm already <laughs> paying for, you know? But when you're working and you have to go someplace and you stay in a hotel, I feel like I can enjoy just like, oh, I'm in this room that is not my own and I don't have to go anywhere right now and I can just relax. That is my exact mentality. Any job I'm on, I'm constantly just angling. You know, maybe, is there any need for me in another location? Could the company be paying for some element of me leaving the state? Uh, I'm happy to do it. When somebody else is paying for that, I mean, it's the best feeling in the world. But I, I can never quite get lock into the mindset of of the the casual traveler, someone who, <laughs> you know, works for their money and then spends that money to go be somewhere else. When was what was the last place you casually traveled to? Oh, no, gosh. I mean, I I'm not sure where the last place was that I casually traveled to. Uh, probably Jackson Heights, like <laughs> 10 minutes from my apartment, <laughs> you know, a free walk. Uh, yeah, I just walked there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, it's, it's just not something that occurs. Usually it's I have a, you know, an improv show or right. a gig of some sort or, you know, I'm filming something. And, and then it's just like, well, you have to go here. I'm like, well, I have to. Right. I have to go there. So what do you like to spend money on? Probably, uh, you know, just dumb stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. I'll spend a lot of money on records. I'll spend money on fi on physical media, books, movies, uh, you know, Blu-rays. It's just like a lot of times it'll be stuff that I realize is it just piles up. I have a collector mm -hmm. mentality. Right. And I'm very aware of the fact that when I'm doing that, partly it's a denial of death that I have records i have books i have movies that i've bought that i've had for literally decades that i haven't 
that was things I was very excited, like, oh, I love this movie. I want to buy this. And and it sits on a shelf for 15 or 20 years and I never play it while I'm clicking. But you have that, that, the comfort of knowing you could. And the illusion that I still have enough time. <laughs> right. Because realistically, I have so many books and things that I haven't gotten around to. That if we were really trying to like line up a schedule, if I had someone who could come in and say like, okay, when are you going to do all this? I have the sneaking suspicion that, that the result would be like, you're going to have to make some choices because you, yeah, it's never going to happen. Realistically, you're not going to watch all these movies. Especially considering you're going to continue buying more. Yeah. Cause I'm adding to it. You're still but, digging but, that hole. But I find comfort. Now, sometimes I buy them as a totem, just a marker of, I like this movie. I, I like it so much, I have it in my home. <laughs> this is who I am. But it might be a movie that I never need to see again, you know? But right. I must own it. I must own it as a sign <laughs> of how much I like. I must spend 20 or $30 just as a, I'm just voting in favor of it existing. <laughs> I, uh, I used to be in that same boat and then moving from LA to New York and back really shook that feeling out of me. Yeah, you carry uh, enough and, heavy boxes of stuff that you right. don't use. and Just boxes of books it's, uh, will just <sighs> kill you. I wish, I wish I could have that. My, I wish I could minimalize. I, I see people who live a minimal lifestyle, and I'm so envious because they, they're not unhappy people. Well, uh, some of them as are, far as you but know. They're, but they're, they're not unhappy because they feel like, oh, I should have more stuff. They seem to be at peace in terms of like they could get up and go at any know? moment, any moment they could move without stress. Whereas I'd be like, well, time to pack up the comics and the toys, you know, just like <laughs> time to f- pack up these like pointless figurines that I've bought. That is just like, why do I have this? Just so it can like sit on a bookshelf in front of books I don't read, <laughs> you know, what kind of figurines? I have a Rick Moranis, Strange Brew, a McKenzie <laughs> Brother uh, figurine. It sits atop my like entertainment center. I can barely even see it. <laughs> it has it has accessories. It has like little beer bottles, little Canadian like <laughs> it's just recreating the old SCTV sketch. Now, if I came home now, I love Rick Moranis. He's one of sure. my comedic heroes. If I came home and I found out that I had been burglarized. And the only thing they took was the Rick Moranis, Mackenzie brother <laughs> figurine. I would, I would be so relieved. I would think, oh, God, okay. And I don't think I would re- reacquire it. I don't think I'd be like, I, I must buy it again. I'd just be like, you know what? I had 10 years with it. That's better than some people get with their pets whom they adore, <laughs> you know? Um, and there's a million things like that where it's like, if someone would just burglarize me and take these things. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that sucks. They took my, they took my Rick Moranis figurine. Oh, well, I guess I'll just live the rest of my days without it. <laughs> to get to the point where being robbed is a, re- a relief. That feels yeah, like. I mean, I don't want to be robbed. I don't want that violation of my personal space. I don't <laughs> want that. But I do know that, like, if they came and inadvertently did that um, sparking joy thing, mm-hmm. like, without knowing Marie it, Kondo, if they just. Sure. Yeah, if they just, if I got a con, uh, Marie Kondo, an accidental Marie Kondo burglarization, <laughs> where without knowing it, the burglars took everything that doesn't severely spark joy in me, I would come home and be like, <laughs> oh my goodness, what a delightful 
a delightful uh, <laughs> happenstance. They took everything that didn't spark joy. Right. And that person obviously shares a lot of interests with you, maybe a potential future friend. Oh, of course. If I meet them, I think, well, we, we can combine our belongings because I like everything <laughs> you have. Um, I mean, and that's not to say that the Rick Moranis figurine doesn't. That's the problem with the sparking joy thing. It's not that it doesn't spark joy in me. I like it, but I don't need it. Right. But when I play that question in my mind, I think, well, I wouldn't have gotten this if I didn't like it. It's not like this is a bunch of stuff I picked up at a trade convention. This is this is like, yeah, I got this because I like it. Of course, I'm not I'm, I could be 100 years old. It's to be like, yeah, I like SCTV. I like Rick Moranis, you know, right. Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> and that's how I end up with a million, a million useless things. For me, the sparking joy thing at this point is I will look at an object and just wonder, what is joy? Uh, do, what is this feeling at all? Do, do, can I experience joy in the first place? It's a paralyzing uh, uh, question. <laughs> you just stand there holding the object, thinking about a, a much deeper uh, 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 version of the question. Just pure numbness. Uh, uh, maybe maybe the question for me, I, the only th th thing that really starts to pile up at this point is shirts, because, you know, I'll just keep a shirt for 20 years. I guess it's more, is it ugly? Uh, yeah. Which is getting harder and harder to tell as well. I have a problem. I mean, I've gained a shirt size during the pandemic. It's the combination of the pandemic struck at exactly the age where I've gone. I've gone through a change physically. Right. I was a I, a few years ago, at my most disciplined, I was a medium shirt. And then at my most comfortable, I was a large shirt. Sure. And now I'm an XL. Oh, interesting. Okay. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's my lack of discipline combined well, it's a pandemic. with global pandemic. But also, there's the part of me that is like the laziest, most undisciplined part of me really took advantage when the pandemic hit. Like, well, now it's time to eat what we want. <laughs> of course. And we're not going to exercise because nothing matters, huh? And it's just sort of like, <laughs> now I have a problem because I have all these large shirts and a smattering of mediums, which were my optimism shirts. They were there, like, <laughs> well, we can't get rid of the mediums because who knows what happy days are, are ahead. <laughs> the, great, the great new discipline times are perhaps uh, in, the, in, the, in the front view mirror, but I... I can't bring myself to get rid of my large shirts because I do believe I will make it back there. Right. So you kind of in your closet have three different men's wardrobes. Yeah, it's like three people live here and two of them have moved out <laughs> and one of them's never coming back. Like, <laughs> like if who, I was being, who can say? I mean, yeah. I mean, cue the old uh, Muppet song where Gonzo's singing the uh, I'd like to go back there someday. <laughs> it's just like, that's me looking at my That's a heartbreaking shirts. song. It's a heartbreaking song and it's a heartbreaking small pile of medium-sized shirts. <laughs> I will say to hear Gonzo sing is one of the saddest, I mean, one of the saddest voice, voices in uh, recording. Absolutely. And now that we're on the topic, it, it, you know, has maintained his figure impeccably <laughs> across decades. I, he looks gorgeous. I have, a, I have a feeling I have a feeling that his lifestyle, while unorthodox, probably in, includes a healthier regimen of exercise and proper <laughs> diet than I than my own. Uh, I he's can a picture. Weird, he's a weirdo, but I can imagine him enjoying sprouts. 
you know? Oh, of course. And I feel like he's got a lot of running shorts. I feel like he's somebody who's out there early break of dawn running around the city. Also, there, also I think we can say uh, fairly confidently that Gonzo is most likely a vegan. Oh, 100%. He loves He's, the chickens. He loves the chickens. He, there's no way. And once and everything, every other form of meat tastes like chicken. So there's just there's no way that he would do that to Camille. Yeah, 100%. Um, you look, Connor, I would love to talk about I could probably spend the next hour talking about Gonzo, but I can't do that today. I need to talk to you about something else. What's that? What's that? Look, you agreed to be on this podcast a little while ago. I was so happy. I thought Connor, fantastic, has his own podcast, Dead Eyes, which is wonderful. It, he you. obviously knows the scene, knows what it means to be a guest, what it means to be a host of a podcast. Absolutely. Um, well, come on. He'll treat me with the respect I deserve. I will try to do the same. And then we'll release the episode and everyone will enjoy it. So I was a little, a little surprised yesterday. When I opened my door, uh, thinking I'm going to be recording my podcast, I Said No Gifts, with Connor tomorrow, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a little, a little something there from me, uh, for me, from you, uh, which is now kind of in this bag, kind of a large bag that says Celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just curious. I don't know what your game is here. I don't know what the plan is for you. I, is this a gift for me? Um, I have to say that it is a gift for you. Um, okay. And I know, I know that you, I know that you said no gifts. Okay, right. I did feel, you know, I, I grew up in the Midwest. Sure. And there's a certain, uh, there's a certain aspect of, of, and I don't know if it's exclusively Midwestern, but there's a way of doing things. There's a, there's a level of politeness mm-hmm. that overrides um, the wishes of a host. Okay. It's important. I'm so grateful for you to uh, have me on your podcast as right. a guest. Okay, okay. I feel it's customary for a guest to uh, bring a small token of appreciation. Okay. And I think there's a dance that, <laughs> that occurs. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope I'm not, I, 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 please don't take offense at this. I know it's, it's a lot to say, please don't take offense at this, but please don't take offense at this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of controlling myself right now and I'm going to let you speak. I can't help but feel that to some extent, and forgive me if I'm wrong about this, <laughs> saying please no gifts while, sure. I, while I'm not doubting your sincerity, there is a part of me that feels like that is part of a social dance. Interesting. A, a part of a give and take, which is sort of cue. Preemptively, the gift that the host is providing is to alleviate the pressure to feel compelled to pr- provide a gift or a show of gratitude. Mm-hmm. But that does not necessarily <laughs> preclude the possibility that a guest might opt to override that request right now if i've misread this and i hope that i haven't i apologize sincerely connor how does it feel to be wrong oh it feels can i be honest with you i would love to just pour your heart out to me 
there it feels two ways to me. On the one hand, it feels terrible to be wrong. <laughs> there's shame. There's the feeling that you have failed. But on the other hand, it also feels wonderful because it's an opportunity for learning and for growth. To be wrong is to discover something that one did not know. <laughs> and why else are we here but to learn and to improve? So if I am wrong, if I am wrong, <laughs> I pray that it, 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 it shall be so that in the future I might be less wrong. Right. And I will say one other thing I know about growing up in the Midwest and that culture mm. is making up bullshit excuses, uh, oh which I feel like you've kind of just dragged me through. And oh uh, oh for no. you to come on here and kind of just try to make me the bad guy in this situation, no. you know, this little soliloquy, it's... um. Oh, no. I don't know that I uh, I could easily shut this Zoom down now. Oh, please um, don't do that. I'm not going to. Oh. I'm, I'm going to, you know, it is my job as the host to kind of just see each person as for who they are, uh, regardless of not only making the initial mistake, but then, you know, building up this tower of mistakes uh, as they're trying try to back out of uh, blame uh try to excuse their behavior uh i'm gonna just forgive i'm gonna say do you want me to open the gift well let's hold off on that for a moment okay i'm happy to i have a question for you do you do you not like gifts this is what i'll say i certainly don't like a surprise mm. i don't like the unknown yeah and uh i don't like people making assumptions about things that i may or may not want Forgive me, I, this feels so good to learn this. <laughs> because now uh, I feel some relief that I didn't tell you uh, not to give me a gift because I feel like that's exactly what you've given me is I feel that I understand you a little better okay. than I did before. And, and what, could be, what could be better than that? Isn't that right. what we strive for as human beings, to understand each other just a little bit better? <laughs> To see, to sit here and see you kind of laid bare, and then rebuilt in real time. I have erred, and I admit this. I have, had I known your fear of an uncertain outcome, because now, I, now there's a part of me that almost wishes for you, and maybe this is worse, to keep the <laughs> gift but never open it, like a, like. A, <laughs> Like Schrodinger's uh, cat. There could be a, it, a live or dead cat in this bag. Let it be whatever you hope it could be. But, no, you know what I'm going to say? Let's go ahead and, and with, your, with your permission, uh, perhaps open the gift and see what you think of it. Okay. I will say you've, uh, this is, you know, repentance. Uh, the, your repentance feels mm. sincere. Uh, I, it is sincere. I, I do. I, I, if I could go back and do it again, I would not have brought a gift. Right. And that's that's the real tell with repentance. If you re repeat, should mm -hmm. I get another gift? Then we'll know you didn't learn. Right. But uh, there's really no telling what the future holds for either of us. Can I ask this? Has anyone ever made this mistake before and then followed up by sending an apology gift after the episode? And is that something you would object to? 
uh, there have been a couple and I've uh, driven them out of the business. All right. So that's, I hope that's answer enough. Well, I, gosh, I love the business. So please don't. (laughs) Um, I I shall, I shall never send another gift. That is my promise to you because I cherish, I cherish this business. So you're Mr. Hollywood or certainly Mr. East coast, uh, New York, Hollywood. Okay, well, I think it's time for me to get into this gift. Okay. And we'll just see what uh, unfolds from here. So I'm reaching in. There's now a little brown envelope here, which may be difficult to open. Let's see if I can. No, I'm just going to use my raw strength. Maybe not, because the inside is kind of the plastic defense that uh you know so animals can't get into it or what have you oh here we go we've got it open okay i'm reaching in okay wait okay there's an okay it says there's a gift from connor ratliff and then there's something but i actually have wait it's a welly quick fix kit it's an on-the-go first aid kit yeah what's happening here you ever been on the go I'm always on the go. Well, okay. I hate to inform you. There's always the possibility that you might get hurt while on the go. <laughs> and no one wants to carry a, a full uh, uh, assortment of medical supplies with them. This right. is a convenient, portable way. There are ointments, bandages, various uh, small items. They don't take up a lot of room in your luggage. Right. And And what I'll say is now that you have it, it's not a cursed item, but the way life works, now that you have it, <laughs> you, will, you, you will now, you will now uh, be hurt while on the go. Um, because it's like when you learn a new word and then suddenly it's everywhere. Of course. Now that, of course. Now that we've talked about this, you're going to cut your finger, you're going to burn your elbow, there's going to be something that you're going to think, ow, I need an ointment. I need a bandage. You, you, I yeah, started doing this, the element into my I life. started doing something a few years ago, which I recommend to uh, people now, uh, particularly uh, men who ha- carry a wallet on them, on their person. I tell them, if you have any band-aids in your house, put a few band-aids in your wallet. They don't take up a lot of room. Oh, and once you start doing this, you will notice opportunities. This was pre-pandemic, obviously. Uh, you will notice opportunities where suddenly someone says, does anyone have a Band-Aid? And you will amaze the people around you that you, a man who seemingly doesn't have anything <laughs> useful to offer, have a Band-Aid. <laughs> I started doing it. And within a very short period of time, I found myself around someone who was they were like, it was a friend of mine who has kids. Their kid fell over. They were like, I don't have a Band-Aid. And I'm like, I have a Band-Aid. And this parent was like, reacted to me as if I was a wizard. They couldn't believe that <laughs> someone without children was prepared for uh, an accident. I was at a concert once where the lead singer cut himself by accident on something on stage and then made a joke to the audience, does anyone have a Band-Aid? And I was near the front, and I said, I have a Band-Aid, and I the passed dream. the Band-Aid. During a concert in Brooklyn, this was years what, ago. What band was this? 
I don't remember the name because it wasn't like a band I was there to see. It was just an uh, event that right, had right. various acts. But the crowd reacted as if I had played a guitar solo. It was really, <laughs> everyone was so impressed that someone at a concert had a Band-Aid <laughs> available for the singer. They thought it was both, I think, impressive and also just very funny. Just like good prop comedy. That's uh, I, that is a great idea to have a band. I mean, I'm going to, if if only at concerts, start carrying a band aid and just hoping that my favorite musicians end up in some sort of emergency situation. It's such a great easy thing because it just it fits right in between like whatever paper money you have in your wallet or just right. behind a, an ATM card or something like that. You just keep one, and either I haven't needed it for me very often. But the number of times when I've been of use to someone of use to someone else has been a surprising amount. Yeah, I've started uh, trying. I carry a bag and I'm trying to make it kind of a complete set of things that I may need. Another person may need. You know, I now have the portable deodorant, this kind of thing. Band-Aids make perfect sense in there. Is there a spot in your bag for this welly kit that i've given this you. welly kit is the ideal because i don't want see i don't want a loose band-aid floating around in the bag then it becomes kind of a gross garbage receptacle <laughs> where people are like this guy's dirty uh, yeah. well because also a band-aid over time a band-aid will will sort of age and it's gonna and it make its way out of that wrapper and then there'll be a part where like one of the uh, part of it will like fall off or something. And then you'll just, you know, um, and then you're like biting into your dinner and notice that a bandaid has fallen on your food. And my dad um, started doing a thing over the past couple of decades because my sister and I both moved to New York uh, within a few years of 9-11. And there'd been like a blackout in New York right when I moved here. And and there was a Christmas where. um my dad gave a, he had special, my, my mom usually handles most of the gift buying in the family for the, for the two of them. But there was a Christmas where he was very excited that he had uh, a gift that he was taking care of for me and for Brianne, my sister. And um, it was these two go bags that were just like, they had like, um, you know, like a, a, a blanket, like an emergency blanket right. and flares and uh, flashlights and like, this powder that you put if you have a, a to stop like gushing blood. Um, oh, I've never just heard like of this powder. <laughs> it was like blood. It's like blood clotting stuff. It's they use it in the military. Ooh. That like if you have a big cut and it's bleeding a lot, you pour like this sand on on kind of your a cement. wound and it. Yeah, and it kind of clots it. It's kind of a terrifying gift to open on Christmas morning because it's sort of like assuming that like something bad's going to happen in the city where you live and then you'll go for this bag and then you'll be on the run. It uh, just sort of, huh. it's a very sort of like fear the walking dead kind of uh, uh, frame <laughs> of mind. Um, and then every now and then he sort of updated these presents. A lot of my dad, my dad's not a like a survivalist or anything. Uh, he just like worries. And he'll put together these like packs that are like, well, here's what you need. And I think something this welly is in some ways, maybe a, a remnant of that kind of gift giving impulse, which is like planning ahead for things that might go wrong. Think of all of the horrible things that could possibly happen. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you were injured on the go? I'm trying to think. Or had some sort of a medical emergency on the go. I'm I'm literally like trying to get a sense memory. I'm looking at my body to think <laughs> when did I last like put a band-aid on? Um 
You know, it's funny because the the mind does blot out these kinds of experiences. It wasn't on the go, but there was a, it was opening up a can of beans to make soup. <laughs> and, you know, when you have those um, pop top sort of cans. Give me a can opener can yeah. any day above that dangerous little pop top. It was one of those things where like I pulled at it. And it sort of got away from me as I pulled at it. And then the side of the thing, like, sliced my finger. Oh. And what was really bad about this was that I, I grabbed it. And then I, I wrapped it in, like, a, I grabbed for, like, a cloth. And I grabbed it. And then I thought, I need to get to the bathroom. I need to get to where the first aid stuff is, like, under the sink. And then I, it, like, a second had passed. And I looked down and the blood had just soaked through the cloth so fast. Oh, Lord. And I realized I'm going to pass out before I get to the... And I literally, like, <laughs> made my way to the bathroom, but then I, like, lowered myself to the ground <laughs> and just passed out. <gasps> For how um, long? I don't know. Probably just a few minutes. But it was enough that it was like I lost the ability to stand up. I, <laughs> I, I have passed out. You were asking about nausea before. I have passed out on a number of occasions um, where I just get very dizzy. And fortunately, I've never had the thing of like falling straight down to the ground. I right. always start to feel it. And then I'm able to lower myself to the ground. Kind of and then slowly collapse. It's a very bad feeling. I turn bright white, um, like, a, like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man kind of white. Mm -hmm. I break out in a certain kind of cold sweat. And then my eyes just like, it just it, everything becomes like sort of brownish gray, and then I'm out. Low blood pressure. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems, uh, I'm in a similar territory. It's never quite gotten to me, but I, you know, standing up out of the car even, I'm like, am I going to just pass out <sighs> in this parking lot for no reason? Yeah. Oh. It's a, you know, a bit of a curse, but uh, everybody else is looking to get that low blood pressure. I'll take yeah. the, the downfalls yeah. of it any day. Now, what happened to the can of beans? Are they all over the um, kitchen floor? I think I might have, might have set it down in the sink, and I, I, don't, I don't believe that I finished making the soup. I think I considered it like <laughs> a, uh, well, we're done for the night, sort of. Right. Right. This, this can is, is just forfeit to the experience. Right. Probably when you could have used that soup the most. Probably, yeah, for the energy. Well, now I have this little kit. I mean, it is a scary thing to think now this could kind of kind of just lead to it's now opened this door to injury on the go. Very, very definitely. And the anger that you feel at me for bringing a <laughs> gift against your wishes will be compounded in the future when a rational mind, perhaps, let's say for the for the sake of argument, a rational mind would say that you should feel increased gratitude towards me <laughs> sure. for providing you with this uh, form of mild relief. But we are not purely rational beings. We are emotional beings with, mm -hmm. with feelings. And I, I do not judge you in advance for when you are hurt on the go. And I pray that it is uh, <laughs> only the mildest of hurts. But when it does inevitably happen... And you curse my name for having caused it by giving you this welly package. Know that I am sorry and that I understand and I bear no ill feeling towards your rage towards me. I mean, my other option is to kind of just become deeply agoraphobic. 
-hmm. not leave the house. Uh, and I could go down that path as well, which I would, I mean, which would most, probably <laughs> most accidents happen in the home. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is on an on the go kit. So now it feels like the universe has been challenged. It, it, it also works. It, don't think that you can't use the ointments or the bandages that they will somehow <laughs> special occasions. <laughs> they will bounce off of you. They will not adhere to a homebound person. If I have an injury at home, yeah, th this kit will not be used. Even if I don't have other other bandages, I will bleed out before I use my on the go so kit. So stubborn, so stubborn. <laughs> There's a reason that I am where I am today, and it's not because I used on the go kits at home. That's not the reason. Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what logic I'm getting at here. Yes, but, no, but I uh, understand. <laughs> the, the the reason that you are where you are today is not because of on-the-go kits that you have employed. On-the-go kits have played no part in my life. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this kit will remain in my bag and will not be accessed until, until you know, part of, I'm on the go and there's blood. Something needs yeah. ointment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, my only prayer is that the people surrounding me, my friends, my family, my loved ones are the ones who are injured and I'm fine. And I get oh. to administer care. You get to be the hero. Get to be the hero. Kind of what you've done. If that happens, I know that despite whatever, whatever feelings you might wish to have, I know that when you play the big shot and <laughs> you pull out that welly to help a loved one who's been mildly hurt, I know that part of you will grudgingly think that I played a role in your moment of triumph. But I will not speak your name. I will not credit you. I will probably no. have to go back and delete this episode from the internet just to erase any paper trail. It will be worth it knowing that I have won inside your mind. <laughs> the, victory, the victory is not on the battlefield. It is in the mind, in the of, mind. of those that we have triumphed over. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm, I mean, and I will, I will also say... Let's just be honest, it's a stylish kit, which also leads me to believe the Band-Aids might be lower quality. It might be, because it's pretty snappy. They did not style on the graphic design and packaging were a priority. And we want to <laughs> hope, we want to hope that this is uh, indicative of the entire infrastructure of that business <laughs> and not that they have prioritized flash over substance. The last thing you need in an on-the-go injury situation is something that looked good on Instagram. It's, it's all sizzle and no stink. <laughs> Band-Aid's not sticking. The yeah. ointment is, you know, just an olive oil. Um, that, I mean, it could be devastating. But there's really no telling because I'm not going to test it at home. And until you're in the situation, let's see, this expires. Also, this expires in May. <laughs> <laughs> So hurry up. <laughs> I'll also say this. I'll also say. <laughs> I'll also say this. Live for the moment. Live for today. Um, expiration dates on medical supplies are dictated by the insurance companies who build in a cushion. That's so true. So this isn't like milk where it's going to go bad, <laughs> almost like clockwork. Uh, it's you can take year old aspirin. This is just the lawyers covering themselves. You have a, a you have a solid year before that welly starts to become a question mark. I can live on the edge. I think definitely until May, just go for it. 
And every month passing that, just slow down slightly, knowing that I have some safety net. It expires May 2022 for this certain. This says expires 5 of 22. All right. I was hoping maybe it said it may expire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I, that definitely is a mark against me in terms of the, but also how lucky to have outlived the medical supplies that you never needed to uh, call upon. Oh, to see the hospital in the rear view. What a blessing to know that that you will essentially have, um, if you don't require uh, the welly between now and May, what a gift that is to think about uh, how lucky you've been to not be injured during the, the, until that package became totally redundant medically. Right. The dream. I mean, I will say... About six years ago, just a passing thought uh, I had was I'm going to die in 2021. And so I will tell you that the year of 2021, every inch I moved, driven by fear. Once oh. we got past that, what yeah. a relief. Yeah. I had this premonition and it didn't work out. When I was uh, in high school, growing up in Missouri, there's a, there's a big earthquake fault under the state of Missouri. And uh, some guy, I'm sure this is searchable, some guy back when I was in high school predicted that there was going to be a giant destructive earthquake that would happen on a certain date. And it was treated sort of like Y2K. It was this big buildup to like the date he had predicted. And then it, of course, didn't happen. And everyone just went back to normal. And I thought, well, <laughs> if we were really taking this guy seriously, like he could be off by a week. That's nothing. That's true. But everybody just sort of acted as if like, well, he was wrong. Therefore, there will be no earthquake. And I thought, well, either this was worth paying attention to and we should maybe cushion in a year or two in geological time. <laughs> Those are mere moments. But everybody instantly was sort of like, well, no earthquake. I guess he was totally wrong. And it, and it turns out he was totally wrong. That was decades ago. Still a flash in the in the. Uh, just a moment has passed in terms of the the way that the uh, the Earth's core experiences time. Right, geological time. Now, but psychologically, but what... we we move past it pretty quick from it being a front page story to just being like, let's not even think about the earthquake. What became of this quack? Yeah, I don't know. Well, exactly. He he went back to whatever whatever uh, he hung his head in shame and and went back to whatever. <laughs> A uh, little little building he crawled out of, you know. <laughs> this is a groundhog. Yeah. Um, okay, I think it's time to play a game. All right, great. Would you like to play a game called Gift Master or a game called Gift or a Curse? Gift I'll or Curse. I'll tell you how it is. Okay, Gift yeah. or a Curse. I need a number between one and ten. Uh, seven. Okay, I have to do some light calculating. Right, right now, you can promote something, recommend something, do whatever you want with the microphone until I return. Okay. Um. Well, I guess the two things that I would promote are my podcast, uh, Dead Eyes, which is about me being fired from a small speaking role in Band of Brothers. Um, it's about more than that. It's about failure and success and coping with disappointment in life and in show business. And I do this show called The George Lucas Talk Show, where I pretend to be a retired filmmaker George Lucas and interact with uh, guests who are just being themselves. Uh, and if you're in New York City on a Sunday night, I do a show called Rat Scraps uh, at a venue called Caveat on the Lower East Side, which is a, an improv show with uh, surprise guest monologists and some of the best improvisers in the world. Perfect. 
All excellent recommendations. Great. That uh, felt like a very comfortable plugging segment. You know, you you just need a little fence, to, the opportunity to plug. Oh, felt good. I love to give somebody just a little space just a little and the push off the promotion cliff that people need. Just the information you need, you can take it or leave it. If you don't want to, if you don't want to enjoy any of those things, live your life. I'm not pressuring anyone. <laughs> um, okay, this is how gift or a curse works. I'm going to name three things. You're going to tell me if they're a gift or a curse and why. And then I'm going to tell you if you're correct or not. You can lose this game. Okay. Uh, you can win this game. It has been won before. Uh, rarely, but you know it does happen. Uh, so let's get going here. Okay. Uh, number one, this is a, a listener suggestion from someone named Beth. And this is, listen carefully because this is a lot of words that Beth has suggested. Gift or a curse. People who beep their horn approaching a blind bend on a country road, but without slowing down at all. Gift or a curse. So these are people who are, they're beeping a warning to the people coming around the, uh, the bend. It seems that not, way. But they're not slowing down. They have decided not to slow down. I mean, it has elements of both. I'm trying to figure out, uh, this is, I guess I'm trying, am I trying to get inside your head in terms of the determination of whether these are a gift or You're a curse? You're just trying to say if this is a gift or a curse and I mean, why. I, I would guess it's on balance. It's not a great gift, but I'd rather have some warning than no warning at all. But the, the, the flip side to that is if, if I don't have enough time to get out of the way, then do I cherish those few moments of blissful ignorance rather than have a, a harbinger of the terrible faith that awaits me? <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's a curse because... Wouldn't I rather enjoy those last few moments before I am uh, mowed down by this vehicle <laughs> rather than have them waste those last few moments with pointless bleeding of their uh, the bleating of their horn at me? Why do they get to hold court in my precious last few seconds? I'm going to say it's a curse. I don't know. I don't want to hear from my my the the my doom before it happens. I just want to experience it. I mean, this is truly a, an injury on the go if we've ever talked about oh one. Goodness. But no, there's no amount of uh, a thousand expired wellies would, would do me no good in this circumstance. <laughs> Connor, wrong. Wrong. It's a gift. It's a gift. I'm I'm thinking about this person who refuses to stop their. They are pure sound and speed. They're making noise. They're not making any compromises outside of just, you know, filling the night air with a horn. Uh, I love this person. I love what they're doing. They, they've brought this element of violence to the country road. Uh, they're looking out for no one but themselves. For all we know, they just love to punch the horn. I concede the point, but I... I... I will stand by my choice that I do not want to, uh, I do not want to concede my last few moments of peace to their noise vandalism editorializing <laughs> in my last seconds of, of mortal consciousness. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, stand by your point all you want. It's not going to uh, get you any yeah. further in the game. Now, do uh, I, is it still possible for me to win the game or am, am I? It's possible. For, uh, it's, you've definitely lost the game, but you can now get a, you know, a 66% if you get the next two correct. Hey, that's a D. That's a passing grade. We in love American a D. high schools. We love a D. <laughs> uh, okay. Number two. This is another listener suggestion. Someone named Mackenzie has suggested gift or a curse. 
TV shows about Vikings. TV shows about Vikings. Now, I'm inclined... I believe my parents watch uh, at least one show about Vikings. I don't think I partake in any. Game of Thrones doesn't count as Vikings, do they? Yeah, I wouldn't. It's, it has some Viking aesthetics, but there, not there quite. Are some, yeah, there's some moments that feel Viking adjacent. Right. But, I ha- but I, I've seen, I've called at times when my parents are watching a show that I believe is a Viking show. Um, I think the closest experience I have with any kind of Viking pop culture would be the, uh, I believe, still running syndicated comic strip, Hagar the Horrible. <laughs> um, so I'm, a, I'm at a bit of a disadvantage in terms of uh, whether or not these shows are a gift or curses. I do not watch them. I will say this, and I don't care if I lose a point on this. Wow, okay. Because Because... I have to go with this because my, my parents have been very good to me and I believe they enjoy uh, Viking shows. And I, and I think they've earned that. And so I'm going to say it's a gift only in that the only people I know who watch Viking shows are my parents <laughs> and they seem to like them. So I'm going to say the Viking shows are a gift, even though I feel like I'm probably wrong. You get the point. I get the point. Wonderful. I, look, have I ever seen a, a television show about Vikings? No. And this McKenzie person writes in like there are just dozens of them. I, I can think of maybe one Vikings show that I'm and I, th- I believe it's called Vikings. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know. And aren't some of them like on the History Channel? or the That's Learning what I was Channel going to say, where it's like, yeah. how could that possibly be a good television show? But people, your parents uh, are two examples. Uh, love them. Yeah. I, so I could see myself enjoying a Viking TV show. I have nothing... Uh, against that. I think that seems like a wonderful idea. The seems high like seas. It seems like a lot of work to make one. <laughs> you know, kind of uh, Scandinavians uh, raiding various things. And uh, I think I could get into that. Sure, Why not? Yeah. That's a gift. Yeah, that's a gift. I haven't seen one that was bad. I haven't seen one that was good. I've seen a billboard for one that was apparently on the History Channel or what, TLC or something. And I thought, well, right. that seems strange. Uh, Never looked past that, but uh, certainly not a curse for me. I do know in this game that my instincts, as far as whether I was right or not, have been 100% off the mark because I was so <laughs> confident I was correct in the first one, and I really thought I was throwing away the second one. So I don't know what to expect. Do I, do I doubt myself, or am I leaning into a, a trap? It's a corridor of disorientation, and you just have mm. to make your way through one way or the other. All right. Uh, the final one... Uh, another listener suggestion, someone named Michael. Now, this is an interesting one. Gift or a curse? Sledgehammers. Sledgehammers. Which feels kind of in the, almost within the realm of Vikings, if we're being honest, large hammers. It does. Uh, and I'm afraid I'm, afraid I'm going to go cultural on this one because practically, I assume I've never needed to use a sledgehammer. I guess I've probably witnessed people using sledgehammers. It seems like they're... Uh, such a practical tool for such a specific purpose. Actually, very grateful I've never needed to do anything so strenuous that a sledgehammer <laughs> was the only, the only option. Um, there's the Peter Gabriel song about where that references sledgehammer. The most famous song about sledgehammers. Is it a song of uh, what is that song metaphor. actually about? Uh, it's a metaphor. I don't think. It's I, don't not think the, I mean, I hope it's a literal sledgehammer. Oh yeah. I mean, how generous. 
There was also a uh, a 1980s sitcom uh, starring uh, David Rash, who is a cast member on Succession. Who does he play on Succession? Oh, I'm blanking on the character's name. Is it Ken? I can't remember. He's great on the show. He's he's great in everything. He's in Burn After Reading, the Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was the title character. He's I believe he's a Second City guy, a Chicago guy from back in the day. And really good actor, really funny guy. He doesn't look like he should be as funny as he is. And he plays right, like right. Sledgehammer was this very goofy show that probably I'm guessing has aged badly because it was sort of like parodying like Dirty Harry type uh, cop um, tropes. Sure, sure. And he was just like a cop who like shot everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe it's aged really well. Who knows? I know it's the perfect. <laughs> it's just like everybody who can see what they want in it, you know, um, <laughs> But I remember at the age when it came out, it was a very goofy show. It was sort of like an airplane, naked gun, kind of like the the jokes were more important than any sort of base reality or anything. Right. But I always associated that, like, that was the thing where I was like, this guy's got his own TV show. And then when I'd see him, like, he's in, weirdly, he is in the movie United 93. Oh, that's the 9-11, the, yeah. one of the dueling 9-11 movies. It's, it's a really well-made movie because it's actually like most of the movie is about people just doing their jobs on a very bad day. Wow. And it's oh, a, it's, I didn't realize that. It's, it's, it's really kind of like it didn't. I, might, I only saw the one time, but I remember thinking this is fascinating because it's sort of about how on this day, there are just a lot of people who are good at their jobs who just sort of find themselves in a situation that's beyond the system's ability to cope with. Right. But one of the passengers on the flight that, that ultimately, the United 93, the flight that crashes in the field, I believe was played by David Arash. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I might, I might be mispronouncing it. Um, but I remember being so distracted by that because Sings. I was like, Sledgehammer is on. <laughs> like, like the, because it would kind of be like if like Leslie Nielsen was on the right. plane or something, we'd be like, Frank so Drebin is on, is on the plane. Like, what's going to happen? Because you sort of expect when you see him, you're like, oh, are they going to like Quentin Tarantino this where he like pulls out his gun and kills all the hijackers or something, you know? Um, are they going to rewrite the, the ending? But anyway. Because I like that show and because I like the song and because I feel like a sledgehammer seems like a useful thing in this world, they wouldn't have invented it if regular hammers were enough. I'm going to say that it's a gift and I don't care if I'm wrong because if I'm (laughs) wrong, I think it's a trick. (laughs) Connor, two out of three. I love a sledgehammer. It's a larger hammer. Great. Just the brute power of a sledgehammer. I mean, so terrified that I was going to be wrong about that because I genuinely was going to be angry about that one. (laughs) I mean, I would have, here's what I would have accepted. If it was something where it's like someone that I cared about was like hit by a sledgehammer and therefore it's a curse. Then I'd be like, (laughs) fair enough. Three members of my family were killed with a sledgehammer. You have your own personal experience, and I'm not going to contradict that with my, uh, you know, pointless opinion, (laughs) my generic pop culture opinion. But I'm so glad we arrived at this outcome. For me to bring sledgehammers onto this podcast with a horrible personal trauma attached to it and then have it throw it into the (laughs) game would be the 
the crowning achievement <laughs> of my entire life. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. Uh, no, we love a sledgehammer. We love it. What could you possibly complain about with a sledgehammer? Smash yeah. up a sidewalk. You can just hold it. Feels, you know, just yes. immediate power surging right. through your arms. Yes. Uh, I mean, I don't personally own a sledgehammer and probably never will. But you love... Uh, there's nothing to complain about there. Absolutely not. Well, not a, you didn't play that game too bad. You got two out of three. Two out of three. That's a passing grade in any American high school. Yeah, you're well on your way to, uh, you know, your like ninth choice college. Oh, my, and My ultimate safety. <laughs> uh, okay. We've got to answer a listener question. This is called okay. I Said No Emails. People write into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. Desperate people, you know, people with various problems, issues that they can't, they've decided they've come to a place where they can't solve it on their own. It's Mm. in a lot of ways kind of sad and pathetic. Uh, but you know, generosity is kind of my love language. That's not a love language, but it could be, uh, if I, if I say it, it's true. Um, so I, I step out, I go out of my way. I bring the guest in and we consult. Will you help me answer a question? Absolutely. Okay, this feels like an email. Dear Bridger and guest, I have a predicament. My little sister, who is very religious and doesn't believe in birth control, keeps having kids. Now, no shame towards her, whatever floats her boat. But I work a slightly above minimum wage job, and when it comes to birthdays, and especially Christmas, my budget is very slim. The more kids she has, the more money I have to spend. All her kids are boys. There are four of them now. And they are all under the age of six. I need to know what I can get all these kids without going broke on just her family alone. I'm dreading Christmas already. Please help me. I'm scared they will send me into bankruptcy. The more and more she continues to pop out. Help. That's from, and then there are four crying emojis, uh, which is worth noting. Uh, And that's from Tara. Tara's sister won't stop having children and apparently expects a gift for every one of them. That's kind of the baseline situation here. And did we have a number on how many so far? How many kids are there? We've so got four under six. Four kind under of, six uh, with more, you more know, to come. Just more. To, it sounds like they would, uh, you know, if you got four under six, she's probably got years and years of having children. Uh, this could lead to 12, 15 uh, offspring before. I mean, it, it seems like a pretty rapid rate. One every 18 months. And so what does the sister-in-law, from what we can tell, is just struggling. Um, She can't, she's, you know, trying to keep the lights on while still trying to be a fun aunt. Yeah. Meanwhile, her generosity is the real problem here. She, She wants the attention of all these nephews, this troop of nephews, and the only way she can think to do it is through material means. Yeah, well, I think, first of all, if if money is a concern, you need to start looking for alternatives to spending money. If there are things that you already do for pleasure that you can incorporate into the gift making process, like let's say you like doing X, Y or Z and there's a tangible result of those, like let's say you enjoy painting or you enjoy, you know, knitting things or something like there's a creative pursuit you enjoy making sculpture or writing poems or whatever it is and it's something you're going to be doing anyway why not um multitask why not uh now that's 
th- that specific circumstance that there that might not be the answer if you don't have anything like that. Right. That's one way you could sort of kill two birds. Kind of create another job for yourself. Uh, but what I'm saying is if you already are doing something for fun that can have right. an outcome that makes a gift, that's a workaround. Because they don't have to know that you would have been doing it anyway. Like, oh, I made this sculpture. It's for you. You know? <laughs> And they don't have to know that you would have done it anyway. Another thing that you do, if you, particularly if you like your uh, nephews, is start making, some, making a big deal out of something that is not an expensive thing, like an experiential gift. Like if you like spending time with your nephews, making a big deal out of one of your presents is going to be, we're going we're gonna to go to you know, this place or that place that maybe isn't as expensive as a gift. Um, but feels like a big deal because that's also creating a memory that, right. but, but you can package it in a way that it's like, we're going to go to such and such a place. A trip gonna, to the river. We're going to go to the river. Um, uh, find an open field. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to play this game I invented for you, you know, or some, something that, that they, that will be more valuable to them than. Um, you know, my, one of my favorite uncles, my uncle Liam was an artist professionally. And the, I remember there was one either birthday or Christmas where he did a, um, he did a really nice drawing of Donald Duck. It's like a professional quality drawing of Donald Duck and he framed it. And, uh, and I still have it on my wall in my parents' house. Um, it's something I would never part with. Um, even though I don't have it in my apartment. But York, you've decided not to room. bring it with you. <laughs> it's just like among the stuff that eventually I'm going to have to bring uh, with me whenever my parents move out of that house. But I don't remember any other gifts he got me. I don't know if he ever got me any other gifts. So maybe there's a world in which you do one great gift and then you back off. Like, I don't give gifts every birthday. I'll maybe start establishing a precedent, which is like, I'm not the gift aunt. That's the real answer here is kind of become the person that they can't count on for anything. Honestly, I think the, the true lesson now that I think about it is w- what she can take from you as inspiration. And she can just say to her nephews, I said no gifts. <laughs> just kind of just become one, increasingly distant. Yeah. And just you reverse it. It's not don't bring me gifts. It's like, I'm not getting you all gifts anymore. Did you not hear me? I said no gifts. <laughs> that feels like the perfect solution. Or how about this in line with that, that you're like 2021, uh, your death fear that didn't come true. Maybe uh, this is probably a terrible idea for gift. You make them think something terrible happened and then you reveal that the gift is that it really didn't happen. <laughs> the, just the relief is the gift. Yeah. Where it's like you pick them up from school and you say something happened and <laughs> I had to pick you up and your parents, uh, they were in a terrible accident. <laughs> And and uh, and you'll be living with me from now on. And then you just drive them their home, their home. They'll be distraught for a few minutes. And you say, guess what? I didn't get you a Christmas present, but the gift is that there was no accident. And now you get to th- have the gratitude of knowing that your life is better than it could have been. And there's a good chance that'll be the last time you see any of them again. That's right. Uh, problem That's solved. Gift. That's a gift for yourself. Yeah. Make it so that your gifts are not welcome. <laughs> Yeah, just give the worst possible thing, and then they'll just say, you don't need to worry about it this year. Just your presence is lovely. Come over and have dinner. Please don't give us anything. Here's a variation. One Christmas or one birthday, give all four nephews something that 
makes a lot of noise in the house. <laughs> and then at the next holiday, don't give a gift and see if anyone says anything. Because I think, <laughs> I think her sister will be like, oh, I'm just so glad it wasn't like another noisy thing that we had to hear in the house. Right. 12 trumpets or what have you. Yeah, something that plays music and loud noises and stuff like that. And then the next time it's sort of like, oh, I didn't bring anything. Or just like, you know, Marie Kondo, give them the things that don't spark joy in your own home. Oh, that's a Yeah, just clear out. Use these increasing yeah. nephews as kind of a, you know, just a clearing house. And every year they're getting a little bit more of your, the things you don't need. Yeah. They can't say no. And then they it's their problem. It yeah. seems like you went out of your way. You didn't wrap them up nice and everything looks pretty good. It's like when you get a, a like a really small dessert in a fancy restaurant, but it's on a big plate mm -hmm. and, it, and you put a little drizzle on it and it looks like you got a really great dessert, but it really could be anything. This is the, the gift version of that. You wrap anything up nice enough. It sort of looks like, oh boy, OK, pretty good <laughs> gift. I think that's that should be more than enough options. I think we've given about eight or nine. Solid yeah, if Tara doesn't have an option, she she can't zero in on one of those ideas. I think she's got to go to another podcast. Yeah, or just admit to herself that she's an awful aunt, and that she's only going to become worse as the the nieces and nephews increase. Um, so maybe this is just a self acceptance moment for Tara. Yeah, which is also hey, works. Life's hard, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Connor, we answered it perfectly, more than perfectly. Uh, beyond perfect. And here we are. I now have my quick fix kit, which will eventually, you know, could within the next few months lead to some sort of serious life altering injury from me. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we'll just have to see how it plays out. But it's nice that there Please is. Please let this... me know. Please let me of know if course. you end up having to use it. You'll be named in the obituary. Uh, or whatever we need. The welly uh, was not able to. The welly was not enough. It was a minor for minor quick fixes. He tried to use it in June, and mm. unfortunately, that was not enough. No. I've had a wonderful time with you here. Oh, I, it's been a delight. Thank you so much for being here, and um, oh, thank you for having me, listener. Now it's time for you to close the door on another episode of this podcast, and. Do whatever you want with the rest of your day. You know, maybe before starting the podcast, you could think of a few things you want to do after the podcast so you don't, you know, fly into this kind of panic that you always do when I end the episode. Um, just something to keep in mind for the future. I hope you have a nice rest of your day. I love you. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's produced by our dear friend Annalise Nelson, and it's beautifully mixed by John Brantley. The theme song, of course, could only come from miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. I don't want to hear any excuses. That's where you get to see pictures of all these gorgeous gifts I'm getting. And don't you want to see pictures of the gifts? Now make sure to listen, follow, and most importantly, leave a heartfelt review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. When I invited you here, I thought I made myself
myself perfectly clear when you're a guest in my home Follow I Said No Gifts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I really don't care. Just don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. It's the least you can do. It really is. It's the bare minimum. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Said No Gifts merch. What a wonderful way to support the show. Support the show.